scaling is great if you want the sacrifice that comes with scale. I work 24-7. I love what I do, right? So like I, I work constantly, you know, to build at that point. Um, but that is the question there is what are you willing to sacrifice to scale, right? This is the Authority Builder Podcast. This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market. We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we got an amazing interview for you. This is going to be perfect for anybody who wants to think about scaling a business. Today, I'm talking with CEO and founder of the global digital marketing agency, Adapting Social, John Vigero. He started his business at age 17 to help his struggling family. It's a phenomenal story, and uh, and I know he's going to share it with us. But after three months in New Jersey, in the winter, going door to door, trying to sell digital advertising. He got his very first yes. Can you imagine persisting three months before you get your first yes? And now 15 years later, Adapting Social serves clients in over 20 countries. They work with companies like Bentley, Ferrari, Columbia University, uh, Compass and Remax and real estate. And uh, John's just got a phenomenal story of building a business from scratch uh, without a lot of experience and being super successful at doing it. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to have him here. Uh, John Vigero, welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. Steve, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm honored. Um, and I do want to just say, I want to go on the record and say, this guy literally is no joke. When you're on the podcast, you get a beautiful package in the mail. Um, it's super, super amazing. I didn't expect it. I was just sharing with Steve before we clicked record here how uh, like to get something like that physical is so amazing because you just don't see things like that anymore, especially in the day and age you live in. Everything's so digital. So thank you for having me. And also thank you for my cool Yeti and my books. Um, I'm really grateful. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you got a heck of a story. Um, I would love for you to give everybody a little bit of, uh, you know, deeper context beyond what's in the bio so that they kind of understand where you're coming from and how you got to the stage of your career. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, you, you said it pretty well when I was 17, I had some, my, my parents had some financial issues and, you know, my dad had that com- tough conversation with me about potentially losing the house and stuff. So I had to figure out like what I could do to help. And so, you know, I like to, I like to look at it like growing up, being in a position where, you know, I had to like be very resourceful because I'm the oldest of five, you know, my mom's a stay at home mom, you know, my dad's working, you know, blue collar worker doing construction, you know, great family, you know, had its, had its normal challenges. Right. And I think one of the things for me is that like, when you look at, I like to look at it like from this perspective, like if you look in sports, you'll see how most of the athletes in almost every, let's just say football, basketball, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these people come from really tough upbringings, right? Like they have like, whether it's from the projects or they have really, really tough upbringings, not saying I'm that person exactly, but the thing is they had something in them that they wanted to get out of that. They want to get their parents or their mom out of a situation. And when you look at that and you say, damn, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. There's no option B. There's only one way and I have to do it. And there's no way I'm not going to do it. And honestly, every time like I'm talking to somebody, they bring up the whole like door knocking for three months. Like looking at that perspective, right? You know, when the why is big enough, the how will never matter. You'll just figure it out, right? Like you'll have to do it. And I think for me in my journey, you know, I wasn't always the smartest kid. I was in classified classes, I had a learning disability growing up. 
Um, you know, I had terrible anxiety, you know, growing up, even up until my, my mid twenties, you know, and I think for me, my life, I've always been so, you know, at my wedding, my, one of my best friends said that, you know, if you know, big arrows, they're very stubborn. There's a good sense in that. And then there's the, you know, the, the negative sense of that. And I think for me, that focus and that stubborn relentlessness, um, you know, was to take care of my family. And then on the other side of it, once I was able to do that, um, shift my whole thinking to that. Wow. You know, I go to school. I'm thinking that I'm not, I'm not, you know, meeting the standard at which that the, the academia is expecting of me. Right. So like, I'm not smart enough. And then I go and I'm starting to build, build some business. I'm like, wow, like this is really cool. These people are giving me opportunity. And it made me realize, you know what? Wow. People can truly like, you hear these cliche sayings, right? Like you can do anything that you set your mind to. And I'm sure that's probably untrue more often right but but if you are really really committed to something i think for me like that's who i am right like i'm just somebody like if if you and me or you know you said hey john you and this other guy are gonna get on a treadmill or you know you're gonna play chess or you're gonna do something like i'm gonna be so competitive to the point where like if i have to die on that treadmill before that person gets off before me i'm gonna do whatever the hell i have to do to keep myself on that treadmill because i'm very competitive and um you know, I just think overall for me, like, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's like, bra- I'm, not a, I'm not a bragger, you know, for me, like I have friends who are successful and will share things like, oh, you know, I'm a millionaire, I'm this and that, you know, like with me, I think one of the most proud moments for me is that like, you know, I retired my mom, um, you know, and, you know, for me, you know, I, I have amazing people at Adapting Social, you know, and, and my other companies, you know, Komodi and, um, you know, some of the real estate stuff that I have. But I think for me, it really comes down to that core is that like I always had limiting beliefs in myself. And then uh, this whole challenge that happened to me gave me this whole new perspective of things are possible if you really like commit and you stay consistent, right? Because it's when things get hard, obviously what do we do? We we want, it's it's our natural instinct to want to be comfortable. So when things get really challenging, rejection, not having money, like being in bad positions like that early phase business, it's easy to walk away, but if you stay consistent, show up. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that like, I was able to prove to myself that, you know, the naysayers or the things that I even thought were, were, I could, I could essentially go and overcome those things, but business and my, my hardships growing up helped me do that. So, um, yeah, I would say that's a high level. That's awesome. So, I mean, you've done something that virtually every service business owner wants to do, right? That you start off and it's uh, often you start and it's just you and you have a skill set. Then you got to go sell that. And you've built this now into an enormous enterprise. And I, you know, you mentioned limiting beliefs at the beginning. What what were some of the limiting beliefs that in those early days made it a real challenge to to get going and and how did you overcome them? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. Uh, the late and great Steve Jobs. Um, I was a big Steve Jobs fan growing up and he said something um, in his book where he said, you know, um, when he dropped in on this one calligraphy uh, class at Stanford, there was always this publication that came out for art and calligraphy and things like that. Um, and they were shutting down the publication. Um, and the, the author who was putting it out for so many, so many years he had a final closing note. And the final closing note essentially said, you know, the one thing I wish for everybody is that you stay hungry and you stay foolish. And I think for me, to answer your question, I didn't really see it as that. When I was at that age level, 
because I thought I had nothing to lose. I was still at my parents' house, right? I mean, I had everything to lose because I had to get them out of that position. But like, I knew in my heart that like, if I kept going, right? Like, and, and when I read that when I was 17 and I saw that area or that quote that said, stay hungry and stay foolish. And I read what Steve Jobs interpreted it as. And, you know, you have to be hungry to keep going and to be you know, relentless. But you have to be foolish enough to not be too logical and say, well, you know what? I knocked on doors for 30 days, John. Why? You can't go 31 days. You can't go 31. 30 days is enough, John. Okay? But I was foolish enough to keep pushing forward. I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. And in my mind, I kept thinking, I'm going to get to this. So I was a, I'm still am a very extreme optimist. I'm a very glass half full kind of guy. So I would say the only thing that I would quant, I would look at as my limiting belief at that point in time was if people would take me seriously. So I wasn't worried about like, okay, eventually somebody will give me a yes. Like, they had, like statistically, I can't get a thousand notes, right? Like that would be just bad, man. So like statistically, I got to get one yes. I don't care how many doors I got to knock on. But I think, because again, I'm 17, I look visibly young, right? And, I, and at the time I had like a suit that was like from like probably my mom brought me to like a wedding or something when I was younger because the wilds would have the suit at 16. And it like didn't fully fit me. I remember the suit, like I have a picture of it, like, the suit, like literally the arms came up like here on me and I'm door knocking, going to pizzerias in a suit and tie. And they're like, what is this little kid? Like, what does this kid want? And so I think for me, my limiting belief was like, they're not going to take me seriously. But see what I love about what I do and why I will do it for the rest of my life in the community of entrepreneurship is when I started knocking on these doors and eventually started getting some yeses, even the no's, every entrepreneur, I like to say, has their own version of their own fucked up story. Right. And, and so, and when I say that, because I have, you know, again, my family issues, you know, definitely there's some other things with alcoholism and whatever else. And, but the financial problem was just one component. I think when I hear other people's journeys, when I was going and door knocking, they're like, why are you doing this? You should be, you're in high school, go, go, you know, work at Best Buy or something. Like, why are you like trying to do this? Everybody has their story. And then when I started to realize these people who started to give me an opportunity, were like, John, I like, that you're young and you're out here doing this. Can you talk to my son? I used to get that all the time. Can you talk to my kid? You know, he's sitting there playing video games on the couch and you're out here, you know, you just got your license and you're doing this. So I think for me, the limiting belief of them not taking me seriously was really quickly solved, thank goodness, um, when I started getting some of these yeses and people were like really respecting that I was starting early. And they would tell me stories about how like they started when they were 15 or 16 or how their grandfather came to this country with nothing and he had a dollar in his pocket and he was 20 years old, right? And built an empire. So it was like, I heard these things and I'm like, these guys are rallying me on. Like, like even the ones that didn't like me, they were like, keep going. I was running like a marathon and people were trying to give me water. And they keep going, keep going. So like, that's the, that's what I would say to answer your question. And by the way, I'm a rambler, Steve. So if you have to shut me up anytime, feel free to just shut me up. But I think that's the thing that I had living belief in this. Am I going to be taken seriously? Yeah, I mean that makes total sense. You're you're going into a situation where you've got people who are in positions of authority who've had some success. They're you know both in age and in in business, they're far ahead. Um, right. I think that even people who are older in, in starting a business have a lot of that fear when they don't have a lot of experience. Like they're going to go in and oh they're they're going to find out I haven't worked with that many clients or they're not going to take me that seriously. Right. Uh, so I think that that's totally valid. Um, so the, this whole idea of knocking on doors is fascinating. So 
I don't know how old you are, but just looking at you, you're not that old. You're probably not as old as I am. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be 32 in, in September. Okay, so so the time period of this is all what about 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, this is like 2008, 2009. I'm guessing 2008 financial yeah. turmoil with the with the real estate market and everything going you know belly up and blah blah blah. I mean, when I think about knocking on doors, I think of like 1962, <laughs> you know, when that was in vogue, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and so to do something like that in at a time when in business it really was looked on as like, God, who who does this anymore? I mean, well, like, that was like annoying, you know, it was like annoying to them. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's just. It, I love the, the the determination in that story and the fact that you're just willing to do whatever, like that's what you had access to. Right. Right. And so you did it, uh, which is awesome. So um, let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. So it's one thing to kind of get off the ground and get out of the pile and get started. And it sounds like you were able to do that early on, but building a, a, a service business is a challenge because you're selling you know, people's time and experience and expertise yeah, and, yeah. and scaling that super hard. Right. So how have you handled, right. I mean, you've scaled quite a, a big company. How have you handled and thought about expanding uh, over time and, and trying to do that? So it creates leverage and profit. So we, when I first started making some decent money, I was doing it by myself still. And I was, the, I was the one man show, right? I was doing, I would go out, I'd be building the websites. You know, I used to remember, Oh, hey, like businesses weren't really on social media channels at that point in time yet, especially not all of them. Um, and so it was a different environment economically for people to say, like, I'm going to invest. I remember, like, when I was door knocking, people were like, I don't need a website. Like, I was getting like that stuff. Like, I don't need that. Right. Like, it was at that time. So the thing is, is when I first started, I had one, every, I always have like a story because I had one client who was like, you know, can you do my emails for me? Like, the blast. And I was like, I wouldn't, I was like, I wouldn't even know what to charge you for it. And he's like, you know, right now the guy who's doing it, you know, he's doing it for like 300 bucks a month at that time. And, and he's like, if you can give me a better deal, you know, I'd rather go with you. And I was like, okay. I was like, listen, I was like, I'll do it for 250. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll save you 50 bucks. So, and then from that point, started doing emails. And then the, what really helped me scale was going back to that time. If you think back to 2008, right? Google ads, right? They were Google AdWords then. So Google AdWords at that point in time, was nothing. I was paying pennies on the dollar for leads and I was everywhere, right? Because I was like, okay, I'm making I'm making some money. I'm gonna reinvest it into that. And I think what that's when I started getting into advertising for businesses. And I started going to different people. So what helped me scale, which is so great, was that like I helped, you know, um at the time it was a roofing company. And the roofing company was like, listen, like right now, you know, we really need to scale up. We're plateauing. It was a second generation business. And, you know, they're like, we really need to scale. I think at the time they were probably doing close to like 650K a year gross. Not a lot of guys on the road, not a lot of trucks, like just small team. Um, and he's like, I really want to crack a million. And I was like, all right, well, you know, like I, I just started doing this advertising stuff. Like I can put this, you know, for building his website. Like, I can, you know, let, let me put some stuff out there for you. So in year one, we got him to 1.5. And well, not, when I say we, right, it's me. So I was doing it. And, I was, and he's like, dude, like, he's like, I'm going to name my son, John, if when I have a kid. <laughs> and, I was, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, this is really cool. And I'm helping this guy. I'm seeing him hire more people. I'm seeing him put more trucks in a row and scaling. And then we sat down and he's like, listen, he's like, you know, I really would love to, you think we can get this thing to five? 
And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you know, let's see what we can do. Because I don't want to promise anything. I didn't know. I was too young in it. So, boom. Like, I think it, I think it, was, I think it was about two and a half years to get in there, right? But we were scaling it. And I think that's what, like, that's that's what helped me, Steve, because he told everybody that he knew that owned the business, you got to talk to John. you got to talk to John. you got to talk to John. And then it got to a point where, you know, I was helping these people scale their businesses. And from a search engine optimization perspective, from a marketing perspective, and then I was like, I need to, I need more people here because like I'm doing all this stuff. I'm selling, I'm on the road selling, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm doing the work at nighttime and it's like a lot. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta bring some people in here. So I started doing, you know, some, some research and stuff. And the scaling came from that, which I love is that it came from not me saying, well, I'm going to make more money. It came from me like chasing what I was passionate about, which is helping these entrepreneurs and building the revenue, building their brand credibilities. And the next thing you know, you know, boom, this guy tells 10 people and they, they call me like, we're going to work with you. And the scale just kind of took place very naturally like that. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and luckily, you know, because at that time we were really heavily focusing on Google ad, Google AdWords at the time. Um, we were like, you know, let's, we had a lot of companies that we were building in, in America. And I'm like, Hey, I was young. I'm like, why don't we try to do this in Australia? Why don't we try to do this in Canada? And so we just started to expand and, and get in front of people. And, you know, we have a very, the scale came into play. And, and don't be wrong, I learned very quickly that businesses can die from scaling too fast. And so I had to learn it the hard way. But, but the natural progression of the scale and of the team growing and of the company growing was just based on demand. Like we have people, and this is the one thing to this day, like, you know, we have, we have a client that we do like project based work for. Um, and they're, you know, they're a pretty big company. They're a Fortune 500 company. And they come to us pretty often, like I'd say once a quarter for some stuff. And we will not work with people if we don't feel like confident in succeeding for them. So we turn things out all the time. Somebody comes and like, Hey, I want to, you know, take this to Mars and I can't, I can't bring you to Mars. I'm not going to take your money at all. I just, it's just not the right thing to do. And, um, you know, so this one particular client came to us and we had a lot on our plate at the moment. And I, and I told him, listen, if you want to go in a different direction right now, I understand. But right now, you know, we're at capacity. And I, want, and I don't want your campaign to be effective. Um, and they waited for us to get unbusy and came back to us because they didn't want to go with anybody else. And it just said a lot. And I think that's been a big progression of our scale is that we're high integrity. We're very results driven. And we're here to do those two things, build brand and revenue. That's what we're obsessed with. We want people to know your name, know what you're talking about. And secondly, green got to go in that bank account. Or the don't make no sense. Um, but that's been the natural progression. And I think the one thing I'll say for anybody listening in here that is earlier phase or maybe again, an early phase when I say in scaling, right? You could own a business for 10, 15 years and just be you and two, three people. And you know, you're like, I want something different. But one of the things that I learned the hard way about scaling is I always wanted this big team, right? Once I started to think about it, I'm like, I want to have all these, these team members and I don't use the words employees. I, I say teams that work evenly with my, with my team. And, as we're building this company, as we're building more team, you start to realize like, wow, the complexity of having so many personalities and dealing with all these different people and then just potential drama, this and that, you know, and it hit me and it, it was a big lesson for me because I always was like, I'm very motivational, very personal development driven. And as I started to scale the team, um, not everybody wants to get the rah-rah motivation, right? Not everybody cares about the things that you care about in your culture. And, you know, I lost a lot of people that way. You know, we had to let people go that because of things like that. And if you're listening to this and you're looking to scale, I think one of the biggest things, and I'll never forget this guy saying this to me, when I was knocking on doors and trying to sell back when I was 17, this guy was a contractor 
and he opened the door and he said, listen, he said, when I was your age, he said, I had 15, 20 trucks on the road. I had over a hundred employees. I had all this stuff going on. And he goes, you know what? I had the biggest headaches every day and I was making no money. And he said, now he's like me and five guys and five trucks and I'm happy. It's every job and blah, blah, blah. So the one thing I would just say to anybody listening, right? Scaling is great if you want the sacrifice that comes with scale. I work 24 seven. I love what I do, right? So like I, I work constantly, you know, to build at that point. Um, but that is the question there is what are you willing to sacrifice to scale? Right. And I think a lot of people think about scalability is cool, right? Cause entrepreneurship got cool over the past decade and it's like sexy now where, you know, when you're grinding and you're up all night or you're missing parties or birthdays or this or that or Christmas or, you know, you're jumping on phone calls during parties, that's what it takes. Right. So mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there because, you know, I love, I love scaling personally and I love the sacrifice that comes with it. Um, but not everybody does. And don't just do it because it seems sexy or seems cool. Right. Think about your lifestyle. Like, do you, would you, would you want to go on vacation and be unplugged? Or do you want to go on vacation and you, you're going to get phone calls? You're going to have things that are going on or you're going to be at your, your son or daughter's birthday and, you know, there's a fire. You got to deal with it. Right. So that would be the thing I would just throw out there that I learned the hard way. Um, and shifted, it really shifted a lot for me too, just in terms of my scalability and what I'm looking forward to. So just wanted to throw it out there for your, for your listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm, I'm hearing you say is just be really clear about what you want that scaling to look like and the best thing I ever heard, Steve was my business coach was like, what do you want for your life? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you want? Like from things for your family, for you personally, he's like, don't leave anything out. Right. Like the, the cars could be in there, you know, just vacations, whatever you're thinking about, like, like what do you want for your life? And most business owners don't think about that. And that's why when they get successful or they're building some success, they're still not fulfilled. And I think that's the, the tough part is you have to think about what are you looking for in your life and then build a business around it. And, and luckily I did that later in, in the career. Right. But you know, now that's the center focus, having my first child and stuff, you know, it's like, I know what I want, but I also know what fulfills me. And I think that's, that's the question. You know, that's, that's an important question to ask anybody listening is what do you personally want? Yeah, I think that's, that's super important. So, I mean, as you think about your journey of building this business, what are maybe one or two of the, the really big obstacles or constraints that you ran into along the way and how did you deal with them? So I would say two, one would be um, what I shared, which is like building a culture. I would say this, it would, it would be, I'm, I'm a, what I have to call a recovering people pleaser. And what I mean by that as a, as a recovery, are you too? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a, and I call and I joke around and call it a recovering people pleaser because I'll work on it. So I'm blue in the face, but my visceral reaction to, to conflict or to like tough situations is like to not want to upset somebody. So I built a culture early on in my, in my business of like everybody, I want everyone to like me. Right. And, and as a good leader, it's not about being like, it's about results and being respected, right? R and R results and respect. And you earn respect, right? Well, now if I'm sitting there, I'm just this nice guy. Cause what I realized I was always this nice guy, nice, 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 happy, happy, happy. Even when they were screwing things up or didn't hit, hit goals or hit deadlines, I would still be like, come on, no, you got this, like blah, blah. And I learned early on that in order to build a team that is based on performance and, and results, 
it is not about being the happy-go-lucky guy all the time or the happy-go-lucky girl every time. And that would be my biggest ever that I would say that I learned early. Um, the second, I would say expenses are like fingernails. They need to be clipped regularly. And with businesses, the reason why most businesses want to failing is because they spend, they, they build the, I want more team members. Boom. Expense, expense. I want an office. The office to be so cool. Expense, expense, expense. You know, oh, you know, but I also need a new car. Expense. So it's like expenses in businesses either are doing one thing. They're going to stay fixed or they're going to keep growing, right? It's very rare that they're decreasing. And one of the things that I had learned the hard way at one point, you know, we, we were in a position where, you know, my wife and I, who's, my wife is my CFO here, um, you know, we were having a conversation and, you know, and this is before the pandemic, we found ourselves, you know, we lost a couple of clients, you know, we, we were putting some of our own money in our savings into payroll and stuff. And, you know, we got to a point where we were like, whoa, like, you know, we're, we're really like tapping this. And this is going back, you know, over seven, eight years ago. And, you know, I sat there, and I was like, what the heck are we doing here? So from that, you know, we built and, you know, and got out of that position, right? And never went back, right? So we've never, and again, the one thing that I love is we are a debt-free company. We've never borrowed money from anybody. Like everything's been reinvested, you know, from our own capital that we've earned and put back into the business. But um, one of the things that I sat down, you know, a couple of years back and said, listen, I was like, every month we're going to sit down and we're going to look at all of our expenses. We'll look at every credit card, we'll look at every single financial bill that we have from our banks, from everything. And we're going to look at just like, just like fingernails or toenails. What are we clipping, right? What do we not need? What can we change? And that has been super, super healthy for us as a business, because a lot of times you don't think about doing that. You're just like, well, okay, how do I just keep making more money? But sometimes you can make money by removing unnecessary expenses, right? Or expenses that are not, mm -hmm. they're more needs. I'm sorry, more wants than they are needs. But those would be my two biggest that I would say stay really top of mind for me. Yeah, I, I think that's really that's really key. Um, you know, I've seen it happen in in my own businesses that where expenses just get wildly out of control, and it just sort of happens if you're not paying attention to it on a regular basis. Um, thing, things just have, sure. have this tendency to grow, particularly today, where everything is you know everything that you're paying for is now paid for on subscription. You know, totally, like it's easy right. to start those Good things, example. and it's it's tough to kill them. You know. It is. Um, yeah. So, um, so where where is the f the future for you and for the business? What do you see out ahead? I know, um, you know, as we're recording this in, in uh, middle of twenty twenty three, everybody's you know getting nervous about the economy. I, ha having been through a number of these cycles before, I'm kind of getting excited because this is the time to make a move. But what are you seeing coming up? What what are the big growth steps for you going forward? Yeah. So personally, I'll start with personal. Personally, for me. Um, you know, my wife and I are growing our family. You know, we're focused on that. You know, we want to have more kids and, and really grow. I'm really family-oriented person. Business-wise, you know, adapting social, you know, we're, we're looking to every year we want to acquire another agency um, and build our business portfolio that way too. Um, so we're on the horizon right now looking for another agency to acquire. You know, outside of that, our goal right now and what we plan to do um, and what we're, what we're aiming for is building this board and building the right team around us is to you know, serve as many entrepreneurs, you know, and, and businesses with effective results and effective branding and effective revenue, right? Like that's all we focus on. But, you know, for me, I would say, you know, in the future, future, our big goals are to, are to get into that, uh, you know, arena where we are going to be a hundred million dollar agency. And so that's what we're focused on. 
Um, and in order to do that, it takes again having the best team, the best talent, the best you know uh, mentors around us, the best board. Um, and so that's what we're, that's what we're focused on. We're focused on building that, you know, and and helping. You know, one thing that a lot of people say is like, you know, you work with these different companies like these Ferraris or whatever, and um, which we love doing, right? We love those things, but there is no like love, and we'll never ever like. We still work with small businesses, like a contractors, two guys. You know, we will always stay in that channel and in that area as well. Um, so I'd say the future is us working with bigger enterprises, but as well as I'm still focusing on helping out, you know, the, the local businesses that make up most of, of the jobs in America. Um, that's a big focus for us to make sure that we are driving that and we are helping people build their businesses, grow their families, you know, hire more people, you know, put their kids through college. You know, that's what we do. And I think that's the differentiator at adapting is we never, you know, a lot of people in the, in the marketing or, or, or services world is they think about it like, you know, I serve businesses, which technically we do, but what we really do serve is we serve. And, and at this point, it's crazy how many thousands and thousands, but like we serve kids, family members, communities, like because all the people that are powered behind of these businesses, that's what we're helping grow. So our, our reach is so big into all these communities around the world. Um, that we're just so blessed to do what we do. So I would say that would be the future, you know, for, for AS also. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where can people find out more um, about you? Where can they connect if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So for for uh, my company, um, any tag, any channel, like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Adapting Social, at Adapting Social. Um, for me personally, um, John Vigero, um, V-A-G-U-E-I-R-O. Um, and, um, on Instagram, it's V J O H N Y V Johnny. Um, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah. We'll link all of those in the show notes. So if people want to reach out, they'll know how to do it. John Vigero, awesome story. Congrats on all the success and, uh, and thanks for sharing today. I think you shared some really important insights on, on growing a business and I really appreciate you investing some time with me. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing, if I could, you know me, at this point, you know me, I'm a rambler. But the one thing, the one thing I just want to end with uh, from my behalf yeah. is if there's anything you take away from me, guys, it's our limiting beliefs are going to be always telling us the, the reason why we can't do something. Or there's going to be people around us, too, that are going to tell us, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that because it, it comes off like they're trying to protect you. But the one thing I want everyone to understand, though, is that a lot of times people put their own limiting beliefs they have on themselves. And they put that weight on you and they don't know they're doing it to be negative because they don't want to see you here ever. But whatever they, whatever they think they're capable of and not capable of, they're putting on you. So what I would like to say is if you're looking for somebody to talk to about starting your business or scaling your business, the best thing I've ever heard was you're never going to go to a gym and get trained by a fat person. Right? Because why the hell would you ever do that? Right? Like anybody, that's why I, I use that very literally. Right? So for me, if I'm looking for a financial planner or a financial advisor, I need to talk to somebody who's independently wealthy. Right? I'm not going to talk to somebody who's doing okay but just knows things because they're reading books and reading, you know, uh, a script to talk to me. Like I need to, you need to surround yourself with people who are either doing what you want to be doing or have already done it. Right. And can give you that mentorship. But my whole point is, is that you'll find yourself, especially on the way to scaling or starting a business, you're going to hear a lot of those types of people around you that you don't want to hear saying, you know, it's tough. You know, Steve, it's, it's harder than you think, man. Are you sure you want to do this? And, and they're doing it not to hurt you, but don't allow other people's limiting beliefs 
to impact or have rent-free storage in your head. But I hope everybody out there listening has some success and, and builds their life that they're looking for, man. And, and Steve, I'm just so grateful to be on the podcast. You're amazing. And, and I love your show. And I, you're, you're a class act. Again, from getting something in the mail, like to just talking to you, um, you've been such a pleasure and honor to, to, to speak with. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, John Vigero, everybody go connect with John. Look for all of his uh, links to his social and to the, the agency in the show notes. And uh, again, grateful that uh, that you were here today. So uh, thanks again. And uh, folks, tune into our next episode coming up next week. It's going to be another amazing interview. We can't wait to see you then. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, Work with me and my team to get your book done and bring in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.